Hi, we're back with season three of Atrium Talks. Hi, Bhagwan. Hi, Deepa. So, Bhagwan, in this season, we're going to be talking about what? Quantifying everything. Quantifying everything. Yes. I'm a poet. Hmm. I don't like to qualify. Hmm. So, when I was trying to woo Swati to marry me, she said, "Kitna karte ho pyaar?" And I said, "Main to murkar bhi meri jaan tujhe chahunga." Why quantify? It was so beautiful. She married me. Well, there are situations that involve trade-offs, Bhagwan. Perhaps this one didn't, but there are many situations where you know we, as individuals, as organizations, as governments, and societies even, have to weigh pros and cons of the decisions that we are grappling with, and we cannot really make good judgments in those cases. Without an understanding or quantification of the trade-offs. Okay, so the idea behind trade-offs is that if I use some resources for something, I'm taking it away from something else. Correct. And unless I understand what the benefits and costs are for each, I will end up making the wrong decision. That's correct. That's okay. correct. That's correct. So, so, for example, in climate change, we are going to talk about it. These trade-offs are different for different countries. Correct. For U.S. versus India, for example. Correct. And many, many other contexts. Right? And for uh, organizations, yeah. they have to decide on whether or not to put money in R and D. Correct. Or not put money in R and D. Correct. Right? So future Correct. versus now. Should you invest in novel innovations? Should you invest in just improving your innovative efficiency? Right. So all of these are decisions that you need to make. But let me let me push a little bit more. But we do have a good intuition for things. It doesn't mean. I need to write down a model necessarily. I mean, we make intuitive decisions all the time. When I'm crossing the road, I kind of intuitively decide what is the chance I'm going to be run over. Should I run fast or not? Right. It- or when you're reading the lines on your boss's face, you know, is you know, there's a certain there's a certain crossness there. So yeah, right. you you you, so you read a, this and you a make a gut feel. CEOs have a gut feel. Yeah. Why is that not enough? So. Uh, Kahneman and Tversky have this. Uh, they outline these two models of decision making or thinking, as they call it: fast thinking, slow thinking, system one thinking, system two thinking. So, system one is what you're just talking about, which is intuitive. It's reflexive. It's involuntary, right? Uh, it's emotional, even. Yeah. Versus system two, which is more deliberate. It's thoughtful. It's considered. It weighs options, and then there is a response, not a reaction, and. There are obviously we both must agree that there are situations where that second model of thinking is more valuable, especially if you consider that your system one thinking, your emotional response is fraught with several biases. Wow. Okay, so it's not that my intuition is wrong; it can be wrong in many situations. And that's where you need to bring in data. Is that correct? What you're correct, because our understanding of every situation is through the prism of our experiences, and our experiences shape our schemas in terms of how we interpret information, and therefore our interpretation is not always unbiased. It's it's also made worse by the fact that we believe it is unbiased, even though it is you know not so. Right, the illusion of objectivity or naive realism. That's My view good. is right. Yours is different, and because it's different, it must be wrong. Everybody that drives on the highway faster than me is a maniac, and everyone that drives slower than me is a stupid idiot. 
So that's what Buddha said. That's he what did. Buddha said that, yeah. you know, what you believe is contaminated by all things that are coming in from inside mm. you. Mm. And that may not be reality. Correct. Reality is more data. Yeah, there are so many biases, right? Fundamental attribution error, representativeness bias, availability bias. We'll talk about some of these, I guess, in, in some of the future episodes. Yes. But yeah, there are many, many biases that plague our thinking. So awareness of that and then looking at data, like you're saying, uh, helps to make the right decision. Okay, so now I now understand why in every meeting that I've been with you in, you always say, show me the data, bring me the data, because you're trying to guard against people who are making decisions, their personal preferences for Correct. clouding Correct. the decision. Correct. Especially in an organizational context, you can imagine the kind of frustrations it would lead to if your decision making caters to the preferences or opinions of one class of people to the exclusion of the system or the organization as a whole. Right. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. And hence, quantification where it can be done is very valuable. So that's a good point of where it can be done, because I think things are improving on that count. We have new tools. Absolutely. New technology. Absolutely. And we are able to get data that we couldn't. Correct. And which is also why today, if you look, you know, there are so many uh, HBR articles in the recent past, uh, which talk about how org high performing organizations are data driven organizations, right? And um, it's not just tech organizations like a Google or an Amazon, uh, but the many, many more which, you know, use data and are becoming data driven, are driving data driven culture in the process, promoting evidence based decision making. And even at the personal level, I could be collecting data about yes. health. Your watch that you're wearing right now. This yeah. watch was able to guard this person against a heart attack before it Yeah, happened. Wolfram had this blog post where he put up two years of his data, right? And personal data, personal analytics. He said, look at all of the things that, you know, I'm able to track and collect on myself and see the kinds of insights I have about myself. So yes, you know, data-driven decision-making. When we have so much data from so many sources, we can be clever about getting data from what looks like unrelated, but it may be informative. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's where a lot of competitiveness of organizations will lie, right? Because when there is a lot of data, there's also clutter. So the ability to uh, sift through and identify what are the data, what's the data, what's the complementary data that needs to come in, how to creatively think about relationships, what are the analytical models that we can use on the data? What must we predict? What must we envision? So all of those become important sources of uh, competitiveness, I think, for organizations today. And so good data means good competitive strength. Good data equals high competitive value. Yes. Right. And we should measure it because... You cannot improve what you cannot measure. Thank you, Deepa. Thank you, Bhagwan. Okay. Do you know what is it that your boys have that you don't? I don't want to answer this, but tell me anyway. Time. <laughs>